This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, along with the one we call the shop, Barber Shop, Spider-Man, 10-year NFL veteran, Sean Barber, and like everybody else, uh, we're video conferencing this for your enjoyment, and uh, we take a look. Now, the last five weeks, we've looked at different position groups, and quite honestly, Barbershop, we know that the NFL is keeping the date on the NFL draft. Won't be any big crowds, we know, with the social distancing and the stay-at-home orders throughout our country, but... Hey, they're going to do this virtually, so there's no slowing down, and the team is getting ready for the draft as we jump into the running back position. Whatever we got to do to keep each other safe, to keep the country as safe, we're willing to do. I know here in the Chiefs' kingdom, uh, we're all doing our part, social distancing, staying six, eight feet, even 20 feet away from whoever the next person is. It's kind of hard when you got a family of six kids to try to create some social distancing in the house. So we don't even try. Once we lock the doors down, we're in the barber bunker. Um, we create, we, we got every day as normal. Uh, go out in the backyard, try to catch some balls, do some things to stay active. Uh, walk a mile every day, do whatever you have to do. But right now, just so excited about uh, the culmination of last year, defending champions. Uh, we had that never quit mentality uh, sparked by our guy, our running back, D. Williams all over the paper and everything. So I'm so excited to hit that position group today as we talk about defending the kingdom as we get ready for the uh, 2020 draft. Your family and my family share a lot of things. We also share, we believe in the power of prayer. So I know we're both praying for the world, our country, and for our region. I'm wearing this top today uh, because this was the top we wore for the Salute to Service game in 2018 against Arizona. And it was to celebrate the 100-year anniversary of the uh, end of World War One and the National World War One Museum here in Kansas City. The reason I wore it was it was also the time of the flu pandemic, which killed it infected barbershop a fourth of the world. Now we have better t- better technology and better medicine and hopefully better behavior. But this is why you take this seriously when our public health officers are saying, "Here's what you need to do to keep social distancing so that we can flatten it." Because at that time, uh, it killed tens of millions of people and so we obviously uh, want to avoid that so we'll just keep all that in mind as we now go back to football and the running back position let's start with damian williams running to immortality the 38 yard run that'll forever as i mentioned on the play-by-play of the game he'll be forever remembered in the hearts of the chiefs kingdom everywhere but to me damian williams has become the prototype running back in what andy reed wants there's enough power there, right? 5'11", 225 pounds. The dude's got power. He ran 4'4 when he came out of college in the Combine in 2014. He was an awesome pass blocker. Go back and watch the Sammy Watkins play in the fourth quarter and watch him pass block. He was listed as one of the top 10 or 12 pass blockers in the National Football League. He can run it and he can catch it. To me, this is what Andy Reid wants in all of his running backs. Man, he talked about having feet balanced running behind your pads, having vision, football IQ to understand Coach Andy Reid's and Coach Bellamy's offensive uh, sets, uh, um, playmaking ability, hands, uh, uh, pass protection, um, then elusiveness after the catch. 
than that top gear. There are so many different categories to be able to rank and judge when you talk about the running back position. And I think as a whole, our running back group is one of the most well-rounded in the NFL. There's no superstar. We don't have the uh, Zeke Elliott, the Todd Gurley, um, the McCaffrey, the Saquon Barkley. But when you talk about the impact our group, our group of running backs have on a game, any single game, when you talk about commitment to the special teams, you talk about the commitment to the third downs, and then you talk about what is all about scoring zone and getting touchdowns, uh, tasting that sweet nectar that you always talk about. Um, I think we have one of the most well-rounded groups of uh, individuals when you talk about running back positions in the NFL. Yeah, the other play, we look, we remember the 38-yard run to end the game, basically, but the go-ahead touchdowns, another play, uh, that kind of scissors play that they ran using uh, Tyreek Hill as a decoy and Damian's ability to get to the edge uh, was he there? Was he not? Well, it was a close enough because of his effort and speed and ability to get out in space, whether it's a pass receiver or a runner. The other thing is when I looked up his pass protection, Damian Williams allowed no sacks mm. all year. He allowed only one. I don't think he allowed a hit. He did allow two hurries, a 91 yard run against Minnesota, the best run in the NFL all year. Uh, you look at him at his receiver, 32 yard receptions on a couple of occasions to me, Damian Williams, um, as we mentioned, is the whole package, checks every box, but he needs help. We also know that this is not a Todd Gurley kind of back. That the Chiefs don't want to use that. I mean, it's just not in their system. So you got to find a clone of him uh, to be on this roster as well. Yeah, we, you know, D. Williams, the other D. Williams, um, we got Sherman. Uh, when you need a, a short yardage or a blocking back or uh, a little sneaky decoy. Um, but we've all, we always use more backs, right? We went from Spencer Ware to Shaveris West. Um, we, we always had so many different profiles. And if you look at some of the guys that we decide not to go with, sometimes it's hard for those guys to find other NFL homes. Not because they're not good running backs, but because they're not great. They're not demanding uh, $8 million, $5 million a season. They're these $3 million, $4 million a, a year running backs that can do things that other people can't do. Elusive, underneath catching, uh, being able to make one man miss and get a first down, understanding what it means to possess and control the ball, because that's one of the things that we, we always hold as a high priority. Keeping the ball in our offense's hands and not turning the ball over is something that you um, game in and game out. It will cost you more games than that when you, call, when you talk about that turnover battle. Don't want to forget Darwin Thompson here either. Going into his second year, the, the Tulsa native played at Utah State, NEO, A&M. Uh, remember the Oakland game uh, later in the year where they said, hey, man, it's your fourth quarter. Just take care of it. The more I find out about Darwin Thompson as a player and as a person, the more I get excited about him because he becomes that Charkandrick West kind of guy. Uh, you want to. You want a Damian Williams, you want a Damian Williams clone. Maybe that's Daryl Williams. I'm going to get more into him in a little bit. But then there's Darwin Thompson, and he seems to also fit a niche for this offense because you mentioned maybe they're great fits to me for what Andy Reid likes to do offensively. Yeah, when you talk about also in baseball, you have some pitchers that come in sometimes and eat innings. You already have a lead. It's the third or fourth quarter. You're just trying to get some carries, run the clock out. There's nothing, there's no running back I can think that fits that um, that job ability uh, greater than Darwin Thompson. The little, and he creates so many extra yards. Pound by pound, probably one of the most 
strongest individuals we've seen that come through uh, Chiefs Kingdom. And that, that goes back to all his dedication in the weight room and everything he does off the field. Um, it's an amazing amount of uh, exciting ability, excitability you have with a guy like Darwin Thompson. He is definitely a compliment, and he got things done late in the season, on, not only on special teams, but in, in normal downs. And let's talk about Anthony Sherman before we get into the crockpot guys. Anthony Sherman signs a contract uh, yesterday, and I, Andy Sherman, Anthony Sherman, the sausage. We all kind of joke about him, and he likes to joke about himself. And but I'm not sure I appreciate a guy better when I watch the video on Monday. It's something that I do before I talk with Coach Reed on Monday, and before I go into the you know jump into all the shows that we do during the week. I want to review, particularly when it's fresh in my mind, the previous game. I'm not sure there's a player in the seven years uh, that Andy Reid's been here that impresses me more when I watch the tape than Anthony Sherman. I see the little things. I have to follow doing play-by-play. I have to follow the ball. I don't see the little blocks that he makes or the little nuances or certain things that he does instinctively that helps the big play. Look at the 38-yard run, the run to immortality. He smokes the linebacker, drills the dude. Well, that's what he does all the time. Anthony Sherman is valuable to this team, maybe more than we even realize. I think one thing he definitely brings it each and every day, and that's not only on game day, it's every practice day. And it also goes back to training camp. When you talk about creating an atmosphere for guys to learn and to create a championship mentality, it doesn't start on week one. It starts the first day of training camp. It actually starts in OTAs during the summer. And when you have a guy that has the veteran leadership as a guy like the Saucers had, you can put him in a room with, with 12 other guys, the strength coach, the conditioning coach. Hey, let's drill. Let's do this. Um, do these uh, obstacles. Let's do this competition. And you know you get that full effort because a guy like Sherman understands what it means to go whistle to whistle, uh, day to day, giving it your all. You want to empty the tank every day. You want create what that wall is, get to the wall, bust it down, break through it each week during the OTAs, um, exhaust yourself to a point of failure so you know what it feels like to be exhausted, right? And then during training camp, when it comes time to learn and build, um, you're building a, a team that has no fear of being tired. You're not even worried about your condition being a problem. You just got to line up, execute, do your job, and you do it week in and week out. And you see coach telling guys, hey, it's one game at a time. It's one game at a time. Well, if guys are worrying about their conditioning level and are they strong enough and are they have they worked out enough in the offseason, those kind of uh, uh, doubts start to creep into your mind. The Chiefs had none of that. And it goes to those veteran leadership guys like the Sausage, uh, Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, all those guys that in the offseason definitely put in all the time. And don't forget Anthony Sherman's play on special teams. In seven years, he's been the most consistent special teams guy. If you go back and look at Tyreek Hill's returns on punt returns from a couple years back, almost always the fuse is lit for the beginning of that return by Anthony Sherman. Now, I got to tell you, shop, our house is all torn up, so I couldn't find the crock pot. But what I did find was the slow cooker, right? I got me a slow cooker. So that's what we got slow cooking here. Because, again, if you follow the Defending the Kingdom podcast, that um, when we call you a crockpot guy, it is a compliment, meaning you weren't there for the roster at that time. But the team keeps you around, whether on practice squad or even if you get injured, you can be injured waived, right? You know what that is. So then you can go to injured reserve. They want to keep you if you go to injured reserve or you go to the practice squad. 
This running back position now, we got some interesting guys, and I'm going to start with Daryl Williams because fans have even forgot about Daryl Williams. Uh, and think about what he has done already in his career. The 41-yard run against Baltimore, the 52-yard right. run against a pass against Houston that Bill O'Brien tried to challenge. He tried to challenge it, thinking it was a pick route, and uh, ended up being a 52-yard reception, a 30-yard uh, reception at Detroit. Here again is a guy that's 5'11", 224, the exact size of Damian Williams. So Daryl Williams kind of fits the mold, but I'm going to put him in that slow cooker because he's got a rehab from an injury, one, and two, people have already forgotten about him. He's, he was also great in the postseason in 2018. Yeah, and that's one thing we want to do. We want to make sure when guys are injured, guys are coming back off injury, not only as a fan base, coaching staff, uh, teammates, you don't want to forget about those guys because when you don't see them around, you know, uh, um, when you're not seeing, you're not, you're kind of forgetting about, um, that sometimes that affects your mentality of preparing and being ready to go. Make sure I made a, um, when I was playing, I made it a thing every day when I got to the facility, I would go by the training room. Any guys I saw rehabbing off of lower body injuries, anything, I would go by, spend two or three minutes, ask them how their day was going, what they got going on off the field, ask them how their rehab going, uh, letting them know that, Hey, we ain't forgetting about you, man. When you get healthy, you gotta be ready to go full speed. Uh, the train ain't gonna slow down for you to get on. We're gonna keep this thing going. And so you gotta be ready to to overtrain and get yourself ready so you can hit it, hit the ground running. So I think uh D Williams is doing a good job of uh when he was a part of this, knowing his role, attacking each each down when he was in the game, playing special teams hard. Uh, but understanding that, that that role of being a running back by committee, um, it doesn't have the glam and glitz, right? It doesn't have all the 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 fame as uh, being at some other teams. But at the end day, when he gets to put that ring on that says world champions, he'll know he made a commitment to it as well as anybody else. Yeah, no question. He was a captain at LSU, too, with all of those great running backs at LSU when he was there uh, in Darrell Williams. But again, talking about what Andy Reid wants in a running back, enough power. Uh, again, Damian Williams has become the prototype. A receiver, a pass blocker, a runner can get short yardage and still his ability to pop big plays in this offense. All right, crockpot guys, there are some very interesting guys here as we somehow try to navigate uh, through this protocol that we're in, try to flatten the curve with this pandemic. And when things get back to normal and practice gets starting again, guys, that will be very interesting to watch. One guy's Elijah McGuire. He's on this roster. He played 24 games with the Jets, six touchdowns with the Jets, 69-yard touchdown against Jacksonville back in 2017. Another guy's Marcus Marshall, 5'10", 200. He played last year in the preseason. Uh, you're not going to like him because he went to James Madison, right? <laughs> University of Richmond rival of the Spiders. But he originally started at Georgia Tech. But those are a couple guys in the crock pot, the slow cooking simmering. When they jump out of that crock pot, you may have something here because these two guys, to me, carry some intrigue. Man, you know, I wear that spider pride on my, on my sleeve. I wear it. I'm, I'm a proud spider. Um, and a hard thing about the James Madison Dukes right now, it hasn't been much of a rivalry because they've been kicking our butts about the last decade. So uh, my wife is a proud graduate of uh, James Madison. So in our house, we'll be happy for that running back uh, that came from James Madison. But um, like you said, he's in the crock pot. He's got to spend some time um, with our coaching staff. You know, the one thing we do is we, we definitely create an atmosphere of running backs to be explosive and be successful. No matter where you came from, where you were drafted, um, those things aren't pro pro prohibiting you from being an all-pro when you're talking about being a running back in the Chiefs offense. Um, we've taken running backs from 
from from from various locations, various uh, levels of skill, and they entered our offense being um, okay or whatever they are, but they've left our offense being um, sometimes top caliber, all pro, very desirable uh, pieces. These guys in the crock pot, they just got to spend time um, absorbing what we coach and what we teach. Coach Bianca, I mean, that's one of his credits to, in his history, the number of running backs. Uh, play on the all-pro level um, is something that's almost under. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because if there is a position room that has a consistent culture and has for seven years, it's been that running back room. And they have been leaders in special teams. They're warriors. Coach McCullough has done a phenomenal job, and he's not very far down the hallway. There's, you know, Coach Bienemy. So Bienemy's still got that DNA in him with the running backs. Between he and Coach McCullough, I love what the running backs have done in the mentality that they've developed – and it's they develop players. I mean, Sharkandrick West is an example. Spencer Ware got a chance to rejuvenate his career here. So uh, it is a big part of this scheme uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs is what they do in that running back room and what they build that permeates throughout the entire team. And speaking of developing, how you like my spags? I call it my spags. It's kind of a feeble attempt. I want to be Steve Spagnola when I grow up. So I got it going on. You guys can decide if you want it or not. I know how my wife's voting. Anyway, um, let's jump into the free agent market here. We're going to follow the same pattern we've done with our Defending the Kingdom podcast, and that is dealing now with the free agent market. It's been not as active necessarily at the running backs, although we've seen some dudes flying around, right? Uh, Melvin Gordon goes to the Broncos from the Chargers, but there's still some guys out there. Devontae Freeman is still out there, as last I checked. And then here's an interesting one, if you really want to get fun with this, is Carlos Hyde. Now, I'm showing you here my charts from preseason when he was a Kansas City Chief last year in St. Joe. And, oh, wait a minute. It's the divisional playoff game. There he is with the uh, Houston Texans sitting right there. <laughs> so he's still out there and hasn't been claimed yet. I mean, you could pull the deal off if you did this of trading him away to get Martinez Rankin, a tackle that we said it's in the crock pot, a good young prospect, and then getting Hyde back. But we'll see. I wouldn't think that's too much of a uh, far-fetched idea. Some of the things that the Houston Texans are doing right now are kind of blowing your mind to begin with. So um, I wouldn't – I wouldn't. I mean, I think we should maybe uh, offer a couple pounds of uh, uh, Oklahoma Joe's barbecue, something like that, see if O'Brien will bite on that. Um, he's been trading away some star players for almost nothing. So, um, you know, this guy's a free agent. Um, we, should, we should definitely at least entertain bringing Carlos Hyde back into the fold. Basically because, you know, one thing, he knows the offense. So that's that when you talk about that learning curve, being able to understand the offense, know the offense um, and, and have a grasp of, about where you're supposed to be, the, the style of, of, of this offense and, and understanding the passing game and protection. Uh, Carlos had is a leaps and bounds above, um, above any of those free agents when you talk about entering the fold. The thing about the Chiefs offense going into the preseason, I just think that we are already – we got we're ninety five percent full. We we got we got enough guys already in the fold. We don't have to make any big spins. We we a running back position isn't a position of need here. Um, so we can kind of just wait uh, and, and kind of let free agency. If, if one of those pieces come by at at a, at a veteran minimum, if we can get Carlos Hyde to just accept a veteran minimum to come and be a part of a winning culture and winning atmosphere, have him come back to a a place he knows, I'll definitely entertain that. But we should be spending any more money on that position right now. 
All right, that leads us into our final part of this edition, the Defending the Kingdom, as we focus on the running backs, is that's the draft. Uh, following the same format we have, we've done here for five weeks, we jump into what's available in the draft. And what's interesting, let's talk about the draft position. First of all, Chiefs, as of now, have five picks. And the good thing about winning the world title is you get to pick last in the draft. You go, why is that a good thing? It's because you won the world title. Believe me, we picked at the top of the draft before. That's not as fun <laughs> as picking at the bottom. Let's just put it that way. Um, but at the bottom, the way this draft has, the prognosticators have looked at it, the plethora of wide receivers here, skill positions, there could be a running back available at 32. The mock drafts for months, I think Daniel Jeremiah's draft has had Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin, sitting there at 32. So you could find a running back, even if not at the 32 spot, even in the second, maybe the third, or even the fourth rounds, that could be a David Montgomery of the Bears type guy. I loved him coming to Iowa State, but a guy that becomes that clone of a Damian Williams. Well, I've been doing some extensive draft research on the running back position. Um, and my number one guy isn't the number one of anybody else's. It's the guy Swift out of Georgia. Um, I think he's so electric. Um, I think he has a great DNA of football. But one of the things I really like about him is his birthday, 114. That's my birthday. We share the same birthday, so he must be a baller. Uh, he's about 25 years old. So he's got that on me. But when it comes time to play football, DeAndre Swift from Georgia, that's one of the guys I would target. And I don't even think we need to target him in the first round. I think he'll still be there. All Pretty much five running backs. I think three of them will still be around with our second round pick. That's how much I think the offensive tackles, wide receivers, quarterbacks, corners are pushing great talent to the end of the second round of this draft. So, like I said, it's not a position of need with a free agency. But if you can add a piece – you can add a, an explosive piece like uh, Swift. He has returnability. He played special teams while waiting at George behind Chubb and behind uh, Sony Michelle. Um, so he's, he's a guy who can do everything. He's a jack of all trades. I think he will be a, an awesome addition to the Chiefs offense. A lot of guys to talk about here. Another guy's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of LSU. 55 catches is the guy that, I mean, he gets your attention too. Now that team was loaded. We all know winning the national championship and there's going to be dudes from LSU all over this draft. But when you look at Edwards Hilaire, his ability to be a, at the very least, a start as a third down back and maybe also give you some special teams help. But 55 catches in college at any school gets your attention. Yeah, and he's coming from LSU, right? National championship team. So I agree. He knows what to play on the big stage. He's a childhood teammate of uh, Darius Geist that plays for the Redskins. Uh, they grew up together. They was, they've been two peas in the pod ever since uh, high school. Uh, one guy pushing another. And you like that competitive nature. You like guys that have been competing all their life, um, not taking anything for granted. Um, and he's been able to be patient on and off the field, waiting for his turn. His turn. And when he's been given a shot, he's made the most of it. And so that's when you know a guy, is, he, can, he can step up when, when the lights are on and give you big play potential um, game in and game out. Other guys that come up, J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State, although there's some concern. He's had, he had three big fumbles yeah. uh, during his season. And again, those will probably get the attention of Big Red. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. A fumble gets the attention of Big Red. It's hard to get it out of his mind, even as the months go on during a season. Uh, but it makes you appreciate Damian Williams as well. Uh, we did. I'm going to bring up Jonathan Taylor again of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. uh, 
blistered the combine, 4-3-9, but the fumble issue comes up with him as well. And is he the kind of back that fits in Andy Reid's system where, again, think about a Damian Williams and not so much a Todd Gurley? Yeah, I was say I, I, I really have a hard pass um, on Jonathan coming here from Wisconsin. I think he's a too, too much of an upright runner. Uh, he has more of a track style. Uh, think of like that on skill level, but that that running style. Um, like you said, with the fumble issues, most of those things are hard to coach a guy out of. If you're a guy that just is nonchalant with carrying the ball, um, it becomes a habit. And because you spend most of your time focused on the guy that's carrying the ball, and you don't have time to teach him um, his position, his assignment, um, the play progression, and all the other things that make running backs very elusive and very uh, elite at this level. Uh, but then we got the guy from Florida State, right? Uh, Cam Akers. He's Cam a guy Akers, who's yeah. – uh, you know what I like about him is we like about every position. If you were a former quarterback, you are automatically going up a couple of spots on my draft board. And this is a guy um, who played quarterback and running back in high school. He has uh, all over the field. He can. He's a guy that can do it all, play special teams, um, throwing the ball, running the ball. Uh, one of the most prolific high school careers uh, almost ever that we've seen on um, the high school level. And I think he's went to Florida State and shown and proved he can do it at, at that level. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure any team that get Cam Akers is going to be really proud and really happy with the, the athlete they get the interest of the building. The other thing I want to bring up here as we get close to closing is I think when Brett Veach looks at this and Andy Reid looks at this, the RPO game for a running back is very important. Now, we see a lot of running backs that play the downhill style, the isos, the leads, the powers. But the RPO game, particularly with Patrick Mahomes, how much of an art form is it or a learned trait to be an RPO running back, not just an RPO quarterback, the run-pass option, where it seems like there's got to be a knack for that a running back has, and it's almost better if he comes out of an RPO college system. Uh, That's definitely true. Um, Being able to fake and, and, and play out that play fake um, throughout the play, holding and freezing that linebacker. Um, some running backs, you know whether they're going to get the ball or not just by their stance, whether they're messing with their gloves. The, uh, the, the uh, Sometimes running backs have their hands on their knees or their hands on their thighs or hips, depending if they get the ball or not. So little little nuances like that that defenses can pick up on film, it, it, it definitely hampers or handcuff your RPO ability week in and week out. And so – that spread system. They know the RPO, uh, the target, the aiming points, the, the the level of the amount of patience a running back has to have at the snap of the ball. They don't rush through their fakes. Um, they, they understand all the importance of that. And when you talk about plug and play, a guy that can come into um, come to your team, play special teams, but also be a third down back and be able to help on normal downs, they have to probably have come from a system like that to be ultra effective, especially with the aspirations our team has, which is not only to get deep in the playoff. We want to repeat. We want to create a dynasty. We want to keep winning as many parts every year again, right? We refit those backpacks, start climbing up uh, Mount Kilimanjaro Majaro, as we did every season. Uh, but it starts with guys uh, being committed to the program, being committed to the process being greater than the product. So, yes, guys coming from an RPO system in college, that spread system, are more effective going into this system than a guy that comes from a uh, traditional power eye offensive set. Okay, so everybody knows it's not necessarily your number one fantasy pick at running back that plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, but he's your number one reality pick because what Andy Reid likes, he likes to have that combination of power and speed, a guy that can play in space, 
but he also is a willing or wants to learn uh, how to pass block, run the RPO game, play with Mahomes, and have enough uh, action and enough attacking ability and enough run-ahead speed like uh, Damian Williams has shown and particularly shown in the Super Bowl. Find that guy, plug him in, let him go, and uh, keep that uh, running back position rolling in 2020. No doubt, no doubt. Well, before we close up, man, I want to – hey, if anybody's around, we got some Monopoly. You got to find some Monopoly to play in. You might get yourself a book. I got Kevin Lockett's son's book, Reflections. I got all kind of stuff. If you got a little kid, maybe an album is in the chipmunk. Whatever you got to do to keep your sanity, keep inside, keep social distancing. This is Sean Barber from Defending the Kingdom with my man, Mitch Holtis. As we do every time, man, we want to create – a atmosphere for everybody to be good, be safe. Back to you, Mitch. Hey, babe, I'm, I'm disappointed in you, though. I'm, I'm disappointed in you. Okay. We got people that listen to this that work out. We should have probably done this on a treadmill. Next time we might have to do it. <laughs> well, we're both on a treadmill working out because everybody seems to be working out listening to the thing to the kingdom. I mentioned a guy named Chris McGowan who listens to every one of these podcasts and works out to him. But you met him in Afghanistan. You act like you had many. Oh and then there's, a, there's another dude named a two-star commander named J.T. Thompson that a guy yes, texted sir. me that you met in Afghanistan. And he said, hey, we don't shop. He was with hey, us in man. Afghanistan on the tour. I had the opportunity to do a spirit tour in Afghanistan. I think it was 2015. I uh, went over with a group from um, – um, it's, it's, it's an NFL uh, um, group. We go over there to do a fitness and spirit tour. We went to Afghanistan. Uh, we went to all these different bases, all these little uh, um, unique spots. We met all these soldiers. Man, we had such a great time bringing the Falcons and the uh, and the uh, Patriots. And we watched the Super Bowl. That's where I watched the Super Bowl at with these guys at one of the barracks. It was a time of my life, um, an experience I would never forget. Tell those guys I sent so much love and appreciation for keeping us safe. Um, from the States all the way to those guys in Afghanistan. Absolutely. All right, Barbershop, we'll do this again next week. And uh, we got some awesome stuff going on at Chiefs.com. So check it out as we go revisit the World Championship 2019 season. And remember to pray and think of our country and really throughout the world. I'm Mitch Holtis, Voice of the Chiefs. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs Official Podcast Network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins in Arrowhead.